Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter. You are listening to the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Chris Howard from Gunners Tan. And what a show we have on our hands tonight because the Arsenal fans, well, we've waited for the international break to end. We've had to wait (laughs) that little bit longer. We had to wait till Monday night because we are in action tonight against Sheffield United. And the teams have just been announced. But this is my debut on the Gunners Tan Show, the Arsenal Fan Show right here on Love Sport. And can I say, to be in your pleasure, Chris, tonight, and the whole team who I will meet at some point is an absolute pleasure. But... The team news has just been announced. We was waiting to go on. It has been dropped, Chris. And both of us just went, (gasps) certain names not playing, certain names are playing. Chris, let's say the teams. And firstly, what are your thoughts on the team news? Well, he's gone with uh, Leno, Chambers at right back, Luis uh, Socrates. Um, Very nice pronunciation. You're showing me up already. You You know, thank you. I do try. (laughs) Um, He's gone with he's gone with Kalasnic at left back, and we all thought that Tierney was fit to play. So that's an interesting move. Not 100% sure I agree on it, particularly with the way that Sheffield United line up by their overlapping fullbacks, but we can come to that in a bit. Um, obviously, the midfield of Xhaka and uh, Genduzzi. Not surprised. I'd have preferred Torreira, but I'm not surprised with that. Um, and then um, in front of those, Pepe, uh, Willock, uh, Saka, and then uh, Aubameyang up top. So again, not 100% surprised. You know, Willock has been playing quite well. He's got uh, a responsibility tonight because that's one of the challenges, and we'll, we'll get to this at some stage, yeah. I get, I'm sure, but one of the challenges we've had is connecting midfield and attack. And, and and he gets that start today. That was that was a surprise for me because I suppose for all Arsenal fans, and Chris, you, you can talk for them tonight. One of the things that, you know, the fans have been calling out for is we want to see Bellerin start. We want to see Tierney start holding. We want him to come back. We know he's had a terrible injury, this injury layoff. And when the international break comes around, there's no games to talk about. So we linger on the players. We linger on that formation, just that slightly little bit longer. And I've seen it all over social media. Yeah. And you know it could spread like wildfire. This is the starting 11 Unai just try this once has been many of the hashtag just try this team once this isn't the team that we've all wanted but it is the team that's sent out tonight Willock starting no Tierney Kolesinac is in there ultimately we always say this can this team go and get the three points tonight and will they yes they can will they I'm not sure I have reservations I have reservations because uh, Gunduzi and Xhaka Xhaka going forward with his long ball distribution, not really got a problem with that. But Xhaka going back towards his own goal, I feel like I've said this about six or seven times on this show, it's not great. And Genduzi has been vastly improved this season. But again, it's mainly where we've seen the improvement is where he wins the ball. It's his intensity. He's winning the ball higher up the pitch. He's he's pressing people. He's not somebody that defensively is that great. So in our defensive third, I have, I have my concerns. So Sheffield United will look at that. And Chris Wilder's no mug. He will know. He'll, have, he'll have looked at us and he'll, he, he sets up his teams uh, knowing exactly how that they, they'll line up. And they gave Liverpool a tough old day on their own turf. And that's where we are tonight. And 
my concern is he'll he'll look at that team and think we've got a chance here. Yeah, you're you're right, Chris. And also, but they are better away from uh, away from home than they are at home at Bramwell Lane. They yeah. have 24 clean sheets uh, since the start of last season, which is the most in all the four tiers of the English football. The 92 clubs they have the most. They've made a brilliant start to the Premier League. What do you make of Sheffield United? And we talk about the overlapping centre backs, the overlapping fullbacks. Chris Wilder, he's certainly a manager that you know I find him quite refreshing. He seems to me this year that uh, he just tells it how it is you know sometimes we hear the manager the media speak mm. through managers you know he, he criticised Dean Henderson the other week then he come back with a storming performance were unlucky not to get a point against Liverpool after that international break they don't have a great record on uh, on their first game back but they're going to be up for this task tonight aren't they in front of their home fans we always hear about us me and you were talking before the show they said you know Arsenal's aside we can always take it to in the physical sense of the game yeah. we're really up for this one they can be got at I'm I can assume we both don't like that tag about Arsenal. Yeah. But why is it that, A, we can't shrug that off, Chris, and why still do teams say this about us? Um, I think there's a lot of narrative and it's very difficult to shake narratives when they go on for mm. this long. Uh, we had a legacy manager for so long that um, you're going to get that sort of that sort of narrative. And unless we start picking up and grinding out dirty, ugly, disgusting wins, like, you know, I'd love us to get a disgusting 1-0 tonight, which is ground out, you know, proper old school Arsenal. Mm. Until we start doing that on a more regular basis, you know, we're going to keep getting away fans that don't really watch. They watch a little bit of match of the day and they think they know Arsenal. Um, they're going to say these sort of things. But what's interesting about us under Unai Emery, from my perspective, is it's not, we aren't silky sort of total football anymore. Um, we do press more than, than we did under Wenger towards the end of his reign. But again, we've talked about it so many times. It's probably boring people that are listening about finding that style and identity. You know, are we going to win the ball higher up the pitch? You know, we don't always seem to do that. And he didn't do that against, I mean, I didn't watch all of the Man United game, but I believe he, he sort of sat back a little bit in, in that game. And there's been a couple of games where we've just, we've not really we're not really pressed as high so yeah I don't know um, how do we shake that well grind out disgusting wins he's mm, very true nothing better than a, a boring boring Arsenal 1-0 win <laughs> as they it. used to I'll take it Chris, tonight I'll certainly take it as well we can, uh, we can agree to that it's a flying start on the Arsenal fan show we like uh, free flowing attacking football but we like three points just as much another name that's getting a run in the team and certainly one that I wanted I, I don't know about all Arsenal fans Chambers possibly sounds crazy he was player of the year for Fulham last year he had a good run in the middle side all at holding midfielder he is getting this run now at right back because Ainsley Maitland-Niles made his position clear he said he was not a right back doesn't see his future there doesn't want to play there Chambers admittedly he's come in and he's playing very well he's, he's certainly uh, more than capable what have you made of Callum Chambers so far Chris? Well I'm a big fan of his actually um, I was I was a big fan when he signed he's starting um, too well he's, yeah, I know. <laughs> we need to start arguing with each other a yeah, bit more give so. it a minute <laughs> <laughs> um, I think Chambers is a good player I think what's happened with Maitland-Niles which actually is a good thing and I'm, I'm an advocate of is you know he was under the cosh a little bit fans were getting on his back he did that interview where he even said you know I'm trying and it was starting to turn a little bit sour and he's a good player and he's a player that we should protect a little bit and hopefully maybe Unai Emery's doing that he's saying well okay I'm going to pull you out a little bit from playing right back because you know you've had a couple of not great games and then Chambers has come in and what what's great about Chambers is he seems to be doing the simple things really really well you know he's he's he's, he's he knows his strengths he's he's not quick he's not the quickest in the world but he is a half decent defender so as long as he's not on the turn and you know 
faced up against a tricky winger, you know, Jefferson Montero versus Swansea all of those years ago style, then he can do a job for us. But I'm quite surprised that, you know, he's not even thought about, I don't think, I don't even think Bellerin is in the, in the, in the squad tonight. So I don't know whether or not that means he'll play on Thursday against uh, Vittoria. I'm sure we'll get to that later, but me personally I would have played one of uh, Tierney and or uh, Bellerin because I think we need to just start getting them in there now seeing how they go you know they've had a few weeks Bellerin perhaps less so than Tierney because he's had a longer injury Tierney's only really I mean I think Tierney had part of a summer and then he's been in training for a good part of the month now and he's had a couple of starts for us so mm. it feels like he's ready and I thought that this would be his uh, his opportunity but maybe Unai Emery saying to Kalasinic look mate you're going to get a chance and you, I will play you if you play well. So really, it's on Kalasinic to have an absolute stormer tonight because Tierney will be breathing down his neck. He certainly is because I feel like, I think Arsenal have something like 10 games in 22 days or something like that. The game's come thick and fast now after this international break. Maybe there's an element of, I don't want to give it to Tierney straight away. Let's still let him earn that spot because if he comes in, you know, he still hasn't started a lot of games just uh, now he's got to match fitness. If he gets the spot straight away, you know, he's not really had to work and earn for it even though you do need to play your your best players I thought tonight we would see Tierney and then he would be rested on Thursday Kolasinac because yeah. he normally plays a slightly weaker side in Europe yeah. uh, and we still normally tend to coast through the group I want to pick up on something you did mention Chris because on the fan show we can go a little bit off script you've allowed yeah, me mate, to we can do it. it you said Chambers is a player we have to protect a little bit or no, sorry, uh, um, Maitland-Niles is a player oh Maitland-Niles excuse me I was going to say Chambers and I was going to say it, it doesn't really matter which player the, the question is still the same in the sense that in this day and age social media 2019 and we're seeing the, you know everything's so instant now players are you, uh, fans are YouTubing tweeting social media how can we protect players Chris because as soon as they have a bad game you know what fans are like knee-jerk reaction we're calling from out the side or when they do well and, and not a hypocrite I'll do it I'd do it myself. But how can we protect him? And, and the point I was going to marry this up with to Callum Chambers is he's not the paciest of, uh, of, of right-backs. He's not really a right-back. I think he's a centre-half or, or a holding midfielder. But I think he reads the game very, very well. Mm. And I think that's the position we, we should play him. But when he is at right-back, it, it's amazing when he looks great uh, against Nottingham Forest or these Europa League games. But when you do come up against that classier, pacier winger, we can get found out. And then we can go straight back into Callum Chambers, not good enough for Arsenal. But it's not necessarily the case, is it? Mm. No, and I think we... uh, To your original point, which was around how do we protect players, Mm. I'm not sure that you can. I think we just need to... I think in the current age that we've got, footballers need to be accepting that there are a lot of morons out there and when when everyone's been whenever when some people are given a keyboard they react um, appallingly and you need to grow a bit of a thicker skin that doesn't mean that some of the abuse is acceptable in fact some of the abuse is totally unacceptable so I think there's an element of players managing their own sort of um, expectations of the types of human beings that can be keyboard warriors I think there's us as fans um, you know for every idiot if there are four people saying you're doing a good job then a person's going to think well you know the majority doesn't lie so positivity helps um, and I think also the clubs have a duty to you know make sure that players are aware as to what uh, what their life leads before them when they when they join a club like Arsenal and things like that in terms of Chambers himself uh, he's not he's not a right back is he he's a centre half and so Agreed. my hope is that he can be given a chance at centre half I'm not sure that's ever going to happen though because we've got Sogradis we've got Luis we've got Holding um, and 
even Mustafi, who is at the club, and I think he'll be used, he'll probably get used on thir- Thursday, for example. I just think Chambers is going to be a makeshift right back. I even suspect, mm. I suspect it'll be Bellerin on Thursday and it'll be Holding and probably Mustafi because there's just something, Unai Emery seems to have something about him that he doesn't want to play Chambers at centre-half. I'm not sure why because I think we need to give him a shot because he's he played well against Newcastle. He's come in and played well at right back in, an, in a position that isn't his. Mm. So we need to give him a shot. Well, if he doesn't get that shot at centre-half uh, on the same line, he won't get that shot at holding midfielder, will he either, Chris? No. 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 I, I can't see that happening at all. Um, I Is that think... a shame, though? Does he deserve... No, it's hard. I mean, I'm not saying Arsenal should be handing out chances left, right and centre, but, you know, you do want to get a fair crack at the whip, you know, a run, yeah. in, a, a run in the side. It's very hard to judge when you, you know, you pick and plug a player for one game, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you're jumping on... Ju- uh, judging, excuse me, on such a small sample size. Yeah. I... I... I really don't quite. I mean, I I don't quite understand why um, we're not playing um, Chambers uh, as a defensive midfielder or Torreira. To be honest with you, I really don't understand the insistence in playing Xhaka and Gunduzi. I think I like both of the players. I think they're both good players. I just don't think they work that well together because their styles are so similar. So I don't know why he's not going for like I would have played Torreira all day long tonight and somewhere like Thursday. If you're not going to play Chambers at centre half. On Thursday, you could give him a go. So it, to me, it's a bit bizarre that he's not trying it, given that the whole world, like if you talk to any Arsenal fan, they talk to Fulham fans, or they've, they've seen Callum Chambers last season, they'll say, well, actually, he's Completely. an option there. But yeah. people have also said Louise could be an option there in defensive midfield as well. So yeah. we've got three decent players that can play in that sort of just in front of the back four to offer protection, and he's not doing it, and I'm not, 100% sure why, if I'm honest. Is it a case then, the reason why we're not seeing Torreira is because the manager doesn't really see him as a defensive midfielder. Earlier in the season, the manager made some comments in a press conference where he said, we need to get Torreira further up the pitch. I want him playing in that advanced midfield role. I don't know if that's the best role for him. I'm not a manager. I'm sure Twitter will tell me otherwise as well. But me and you, we're saying Torreira tonight, perfect game for him, up in Sheffield, defensive midfielder. The manager simply doesn't see him as that, does he? Yeah, I think there's something going on there. I really Ooh. do because yeah I do there's something there's something not right there because Torreira Watson here. he looks we'll very good we will we will we'll, we'll decipher this uh, this <laughs> this enigma um, if you think about it, last season he was brilliant as a defensive midfielder and then the only time we seem to have seen him this season you know there's been times where Snippets. he's been getting into the box though mm. when he has played he's got into the box and well, he's clearly, against Liverpool it's clearly he? instructions it's, mm. he's clearly been given that instructions but that's everyone knows that I and mean, you can see that's not his best position so and I think this is. This is where some people are having issues with Unai Emery. I think it's because some of his selection decisions have had people questioning. So people question the Ozil situation. And, you know, if he's not training and the stats don't back it up and he's not in form, you know, you don't play him. So I can understand that. But the Torreira decision to play him further forward is odd when he looks much more comfortable playing deeper. He looks like he's actually that sort of ball retriever that we'd looked for for years and years and years. Um, and then to insist on playing Xhaka deeper or Genduzi deeper when that's not what they're good at. It's, that's where people are starting to say, what's going on here with Unai Emery? Because there's some stuff that just isn't adding up. Yeah, there's a, the Unai debate is slowly rambling on. I know you've probably spoke about it length on these shows, but I'm going to have to get you to all repeat yourself so I can get up to speed with how you <laughs> think about your team and your manager. But you mentioned Ozil there, and he's a player that done an interview this week, and we're going to be talking a little bit about that next. Love sports. 
You are listening to the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joining the studio with Gunners Tan and Chris Howard. We were both just saying their frenzied start, hyper start. The passion is coming out from on both. We're both excited for the game. We're nervous for the game. And also, it's my first time doing this. So, Chris, uh, I'm a little bit nervous, but he's giving me all of the best so far. Well, we just want to quickly talk about Ozil. And the team news is out, by the way. And what did you make of it? Me and Chris had our thoughts. Tweet us and let us know at Love Sport Radio or call us 012. 0807020558. You can WhatsApp on the same number. But now, though, there was a certain interview with a certain Arsenal player who, to be fair, Chris, doesn't get much uh, media attention. You know, he's a player oh, yeah. that flies under the radar. <laughs> you know, uh, <laughs> I think it's fair to say he's not a high earner. You know, uh, he's not one a name that's uh, causes division amongst the fans. Now, of course, I'm kidding. It is Ozil. Uh, he done the interview in the Athletic in the last five days. Certain few things come out of there. I thought some things I can understand to a degree. Some things I thought were a little bit. Firstly, what did you make of it? And also, Martin Keown has had his thoughts on. Uh, the article in the Metro today and he's replied and to put it fairly he's not happy well I haven't read the key one so you can, oh, give, me can a, tell you, yes. give me an update in a second um, general thoughts um, I think it, it came across as quite impassioned I think people and me too you know Ozil's team in inverted commas his entourage are, yeah his entourage it's um, it's a slick oiled machine isn't it and last and season and not just that haircut yeah no exactly <laughs> and last season we had you know the comments coming out on Twitter at certain times or in Instagram or things like that you know about you know I think he did a Dennis Burkamp quote or when he wasn't in the team so you know there were there were little sly digs here and there pointed towards kind of the manager's direction uh, this came across to me as though it was quite an impassioned perhaps reality check from his perspective saying look you know this is who i am this is me i'm not kicking up a fuss I, when i've been ill i've been ill i mean i i don't all, i don't buy all of that i think and even some of the players um have kind of hinted that Ozil gets special treatment you know he can have days off here and there so i suspect there's been times where he's not been ill and has just uh shall i say allegedly mm. <laughs> um but he's good save yeah good save um i I think it did. There were parts of it though that came across quite honest, and you know, if this can be a a line in the sand, and we can at least he can at least patch something up with Emery so that he can be used uh, on a more regular basis between now and when the club eventually offload him, because let's face it, they will offload him. Then let's do that. We need this ceasefire, don't we? We need mm. this ceasefire. We can't. It doesn't help anyone if Özil is not in the team. Someone needs to raise the white flag. Exactly, and Emery is not playing him. You know, he needs to have him as an option. And you know, it came to a head just before the international break, where he said um, other players deserve. Emery said other players deserve it more. Ozil has then come out in this and said, you know, we don't always see eye to eye, but I respect the manager's decision. Let's hope that, you know, it can all die down and it can at least be used because mm. a good measure Ozil works for Arsenal. Yeah, I, I do agree with that. But since that article, I, I know I told you of Martin Keown, he replied with an article in the Metro and I tell you what he said. Well, he, he wasn't happy. He said that every player at Arsenal should fight for the badge, feel lucky to be at a club like that every day and give 110% in training. He shouldn't blame others. They should blame themselves before they point the finger at anyone else. But then the manager has also come out and, and with his reply and said, I couldn't be more happier with Ozil. I'm really happy with him ahead of the game tonight, Sheffield United. He's not playing, so he, he, I don't know how he measures his happiness. <laughs> but do we think how much of the how much of a friction was there, Chris, or is there between the manager and we have to say one of the star star players at Arsenal? Because we always get the ramblings of it, or the we hear the whispers. But do you think it went a little bit deeper? 
I think that Meza Ozil had ha- been used to a certain lifestyle under Arsenal and Arsene Wenger. Mm. And then Unai Emery came in and tried to stamp his mark. And I think that didn't go down. As all new well. managers do. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I think he's, uh, by the sounds of it, he's not the best at man management, Unai Emery. And so with a player like that, he didn't exactly put his arm around Meza Ozil. And the result was a little bit of a strop, potentially. You know, there, And that's where the friction has built to. Um, and it's almost, there was then a, a sort of a piece uh, that broke out towards the end of last season and then Ozil started getting back into the team and now it seems to have, have, have come back up again and I think Unai Emery saying, you know, I couldn't be happier, I'm happy with his training now. I think that's almost his kind of, right, I'm drawing a line in the sand as well, mm. so let's just move forward. I haven't actually seen if he's made the bench tonight or not, so um, I'd be interested to see if he's even on the bench, but um, we saw the the first 11, but I don't know if he's made the bench or not. I don't know if you've got the... I will find that for you now, uh, Chris, because <laughs> I don't used to be without that information. <laughs> just quickly, uh, earlier we spoke about how we can protect players and how social media plays such a part in today's, uh, the modern game game of football one of the things he mentioned in the article article chris was that he said when arsenal would lose the you know the bigger games or the the games that we perceive as big he said i would be the first player that fans would blame on social media i would get the blame for that defeat and to a degree i don't think that's overly true i think the arsenal fans are honest and they would say who would uh who who they think is to blame for that defeat. But if he hasn't played his part in that, you know, if he's not had a great game, you know, he's fair to cop a little bit of criticism. But also the flip side to that narrative is, is he right in sense that a little bit, we are quick to jump on his name when it hasn't gone right for Arsenal in a certain game? I don't think Arsenal fans have jumped on him. I think the reason he, it's his perception that Arsenal fans, I think Arsenal fans jump on any player yeah, when there's a I defeat. Um, I don't think Mesut Ozil gets singled out. He started to be singled out more, I think, because of the baggage that comes with him. And unfortunately, mm. that is the huge wage packet. If you're paying somebody £350,000 a week, that's, that's you know, world-class, world-class elite status footballer. So you need to see world-class elite status performances and Sometimes that means that you perform against big teams, small teams. But we haven't seen any of that on a regular enough basis. Like, I love Ozil. I think, like I said to you, um, a fully functioning and working and you know performing at his best, Meza Ozil, plays, plays tonight without a shadow of a doubt. There's no way that you can tell me, as great as Chris Willock has been, and potentially as amazing as he's going to be, if Meza Ozil is on top form, Chris Willock doesn't play in the 10 tonight. So my even away is, Sheffield Cole even away, the games he's normally left out for. even away I mean if uh, this is a Meza Ozil on form I'm talking about yeah, yeah. He, he plays tonight because he can provide that space in between the midfield and the attack he can link the play and we're missing Lacazette who also links the play as well so Chris Willett's got a big job tonight um and I, I think he'll deliver. I hope he will. Yeah. I really, really hope it. Hope he will. Or he needs to because we haven't had that that position filled. But going back to the the Ozil debate. People look at him because of his performances, and this is happening over a period of time. This hasn't just happened overnight. You know, there were times last season on some of the biggest stage, like the Europa League final, where he, what, it's not just that he didn't show up, he was poor. I don't think he was any, there were some players that were just as poor as him, but he was one of the poorest performers on the night. He just didn't really go anywhere with it. So I think it's people have, it's it's almost become a snowball effect, is what I'm trying to say. Um, Meza Ozil has, uh, fans have not turned on him, but a section of fans have turned on him because of the wages and because they haven't seen enough. 
Yeah, I think when we talk about the wages, and I'm playing devil's advocate here, I don't necessarily believe what I'm about to say, but when we talk about the wages, 350 grand, obviously his agent knew what he was doing, you know, but it's not overly down to him that they went out and Arsenal agreed to pay him this money. This was down to Arsenal and they were worried that we were losing players on a free, i.e. the Ramsey. We didn't want this to happen with Ozil, you know. We tie him into this contract. Now, they knew of the performances they were getting. They knew of the character he was. The blame, a little bit, has to be with Arsenal. And if he was on, let's say, 200, I'm not excusing these performances, do you think there would be a little bit less heat on him, Chris? I think so, because if you look at Mkhitaryan, Mkhitaryan mm. was equally as poor. Woeful. He was equally as poor as Meza Ozil has been at times, and yet Mkhitaryan, um, he's not a good a footballer as Ozil. Yeah. Um, he's never been as good a footballer as Ozil. But he, he was... Yeah. He was on less money and you know there was less heat on him I think it kind of comes with the territory yeah. um, and I do take your point and actually I 100% agree that there's a big chunk of this that goes down to the club and not just the club uh, even Gazidas who I was very very happy when he decided that he wasn't going to be at Arsenal anymore because he was a terrible thing for our club like we had 10 years of decline and you know he he was absent at the wheel at times as a as a CEO, if you ask me. Yeah, I, I couldn't uh, agree more. I think that's a show for another day, talking about Ivan, because I think yes, we need indeed. slightly more than the allotted hour, Chris. Yeah. But uh, we are talking about Sheffield United because Arsenal play them tonight away in the Premier League after the international break at Bramall Lane. They are hoping for three points. We're going to talk a little bit more about that game next. Love sports. You are listening to the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Gunners Tan and Chris Howard. We're talking everything where Arsenal are concerned. And you can too. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us on 0208 70 20 558. You can also WhatsApp into the studio as well. Me and Chris, as always, we endeavour to answer all your questions. We've dubbed ourselves, well, I have, the new Sherlock and Holmes at the <laughs> Arsenal Matters. Where there's an enigma, we will find a Sharky way. and George. Oh, it's not. <laughs> That's good, but I'll take it, Chris. I will take it. All of the Arsenal problems. We're talking about the game against Sheffield United tonight because Arsenal fans, well, we've had to wait that little bit longer for that international break to end because we play tonight, the Monday night game at Bramall Lane. Got to get three points. Actually, I want to put a quick question to you, Chris, just before we come on. I did the handover with Martin Allen on Love Sport Drive, mm-hmm. and I said, this is must-win for Arsenal tonight, and he went, no way. There's n- there's not, there's no such thing as a must-win eight, nine, ten games into the season. And I said, well, it's not must-win in terms of, you know, in terms of top four chances done, title chances over, but when you are challenging for the title, when you are challenging for top four, which Arsenal haven't done in the last two seasons, you need to be winning games like this and beating teams like Sheffield United. So, in that sense, it is a must-win game. I would call it a must set down a marker win <laughs> which is nowhere near as catchy i know but um it works it's we have to set down a marker because tottenham drew this weekend although that was an absolute joke that they uh, they didn't lose that but um var don't get me started on var um you know uh, chelsea they huffed and puffed they got the win but they huffed and puffed um if Arsenal win tonight away from home against Sheffield United, who are going to make this a, du- a tough game, a really tough game, I think, you know, it helps to set down a marker because then, you know, we play in the Europa League on Thursday. It means we've we've won a few games on the bounce. If we can pick up a win against a, a team which you'd expect us to be winning in Vitoria, we then play Palace at home. We need to avenge that demon of last season. You know, if we can win win our next three games, if we win three games in the next six days. Um, it really things start to look a little bit rosier and I don't care what people online and on Twitter will say about the way in the style that we performed 
right now it feels like about grinding out results. Yeah, and there's no better way to start uh, coming back from an international break with a victory. Well, one Arsenal fan who will know a little bit more than us because he is at tonight's game, I believe. Dave Seeger has joined us on the line. Dave, an important part of the Gunners Tan show, the Arsenal fan show on Last Sport Radio. Dave, are you there tonight? What is the feeling when the team lineups were announced? Bemused. <laughs> Very bemused. I think everyone was expecting Kieran Tierney to be in the starting lineup. I'm sure you discussed it. Bit of sh- bit of shock in the pub. I have to say that he wasn't. Yeah. Um, probably a little bit of pleased to see Joe Willock. Surprised to see Lacazette. Not genuinely surprised. Very narrow. Very conservative. Pretty much Emery, Emery to to a T. Really. Yeah, Dave. Hello, mate. Um, so. I've got a question mark around, and you'll probably know this, around our midfield too, because I'm not convinced with Gendouzi and Xhaka, just because I think they're so too similar. similar yeah. yeah. So well, similar, but one's young, more energy. Yeah. So, what's your feelings on it? What would you have? What would you have done? What was your? What was? Give us a well, bit. Well, you of a know, thought. I mean, I think I think look, I'm, I'm no different to any other Arsenal fan. I think Torreira should be starting in in front of the back four, and then two two others. I think you know you can't play Xhaka the deepest because he's just not mobile enough. I mean, it's no secret. That's my view. It's not saying I don't like him. It's not saying I don't recognise his attributes, but just not in that position. Um, and I, I would play Torreira all day, every day. Well, we were both shocked tonight, Dave, at the, the no inclusion of Tierney. We thought he would get the start. Maybe, perhaps... Yeah, stunning, yeah. Astonishing. It, it was. We, we both went, huh, before we started. We, we obviously think he would start uh, the game on Thursday in the Europa League. But by and by the team selection, Dave, this is a game that Arsenal need to win. Is it a must-win we were just talking about before we spoke to you? Yeah, Can I we... think so, yeah. You would, Lay you... down a marker. This is... But I thought we'd be laying down a marker because we had some of our players fit and playing. You know, I thought this, you know, so I thought maybe Bellerin, you know, maybe holding definitely Tierney. I thought this, this is time to lay down a marker. That's just, now I'm a bit bemused, to be honest. But no, it's a massively, it's a massively important game. What's odd is you've got, as you just were saying before I came on, you've got three games in six days. Arguably, this is the most important because, mm. you know, we're going to play the kids on Thursday. We should beat, I know we didn't at the end last week, we should beat Palace at home. This is, this is the toughest game. So arguably, play your... T- Play your best team in this game, and if Tierney can't make ninety minutes, then rest him. This is the this is this is the biggest game of the three. Yeah. So very strange. Dave, um, you've obviously been taken in the atmosphere and stuff. Have you spoken to or heard the noises of any Sheffield United fans? Are they quite up for this? Do you think they'll uh, they they fancy their chances against us tonight? No, well, I've only spoken to the bar staff, Chris. <laughs> So uh, obviously in an Arsenal-only pub, I haven't spoken to many Sheffield United fans. No, so I can't honestly, honestly I can't even make that up. <laughs> but the Arsenal fans are very bullish. <laughs> and what, what would you say, Dave? Would you give Sheffield United much chance tonight? Because obviously we can say from the Sheffield United fans here on Love Sport Radio, they really fancy their chances. I was saying to Chris earlier, you know, that typical tag of Arsenal, you know, cold, uh, wet uh, Monday night game, you know, Arsenal aren't the most physical. We can really get to them. They fancy their chances. Should they fancy their chances tonight? Can they exploit any weakness within Arsenal? No, well, I think it's a, the thing about Sheffield United is they play a really unusual formation, don't they? With three back, mm. three centre backs, and sort of inverted wing backs. I think that's the that's the question mark: is are they going to catch Arsenal by surprise? The one thing I would say about Emery, however, is he you're not going to catch him by surprise. He is a he does do his research, and he might he, he might set up too defensively for some Arsenal fans. But tonight, he probably won't be surprised by Sheffield United, whereas I think a couple of other teams have been this season. So hopefully, um, he's selected because of that 
we'll, we'll see as the game unfolds. But uh, I like I like the fact that we've got the legs of Willock, but uh, I think most of Arsenal fans would like to see Zabayos as well. Certainly the pub, his name has been sung almost as much as Rowcastle. So um, I think Arsenal fans hope to see Zabayos and uh, you know Lacazette and Tierney. They were the three that that we're surprised that aren't playing tonight. They're the three that everyone wanted to see. But uh, anyway, we go. Well, Dave, we know uh, you're. We know you're at the game. We won't keep you long. What is your score prediction for this evening? 3-1. 3-1. I won't expect it any other way. Dave, always a pleasure to speak to you. I'm sure we'll see you back in the studio very soon. Dave Seeger All right. there. Dave Seeger, obviously in the pub, enjoying himself as he should be. 3-1. I didn't expect anything less. Chris, I will get your score prediction. Firstly, hmm. Dave just mentioned Danny Ceballos there. In the past few days, there have been rumours that apparently he's met the, the Real Madrid president or his agent has discussing this possible uh, possibility, shall I say, of making his transfer to Arsenal permanent, maybe in the January transfer window, maybe in the summer. A, do you believe that? Or is, and is this a transfer you would like? I I think it would be a good transfer for us. He's he's a good player. He's a decent player. Um, he's had a couple of good games, a couple of games where he's been a bit hit and miss. He's a bit hot and cold. He is. is. is he's that a bit fair of, to say? Yeah, he is. He's a bit of a maverick player, isn't he? Yeah, it's, great he's way. so he's unpredictable. Yeah, he's so <laughs> unpredictable in his playing style that mm. it will take a while for his teammates to get used to him. Do I believe it? I don't think so because, firstly, I think he said things in the international break along the lines of you know long term I want to make it around Madrid he said that even before he joined Arsenal on loan I suspect for him to turn that around within the space of two three months is unlikely what I suspect is happening is the agent is making a few noises so that maybe Real Madrid show him a little bit of love but my feeling is that he will probably go back to them at the end of the season at the if if we were talking May and he's played the whole season and he's absolutely loving it. And let's just say he's learned English and suddenly he's a fluent speaker and he can get over the language barrier and he, he loves the horrible weather. Then maybe we'll be talking about it. But I think it's probably a bit too soon. I suspect this is a bit of a agent, agent mischief making. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put it past the agent, sure. But Zidane apparently is not the biggest fan of Danny Sebastian. He's hence why he was a he was allowed this move. He gave him permission to move to Arsenal. He does seem, though, maybe it is his maverick style, his rogue style, someone that could learn to love it here. The fans, you know, they've already, he's already, even if it has been a little bit hot and cold, become that fan's favourite, hasn't he? You know, he's, he's one of them. He's a bit of a passion merchant, but I love it. I love that, getting the fans up and ready to go whenever we win a corner or a tackle is made. And he does a certain thing, I'll call it gamesmanship, which I absolutely love to see. Yeah. Arsenal have missed that in the past few seasons. He's one that we need. Let's quickly look at the schedule now before Christmas. and Let's say before that next international break, that third and final international break, they come far too many for me. There's only so many times I can see San Marino and the Faroe Islands play <laughs> games in the middle of the week, Chris. It is a tough run. Christmas is always a tough stretch. Games come thick and fast, as they do, like we said, three games in six days. But it's important here, not only do Arsenal keep pace, but they make that statement of intent as well, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. I mean, I think we play... So we've got Vittoria on Thursday. We've got Palace. I think we then play... Which is huge on the weekend. I know Dave said... And and the next game is always the most important, but Sunday is huge. Yeah, I think it is, actually. I think the thing is, if you look at our fixtures running up to I think we either play Man City at home or we play Everton away just before Christmas and then we have a really tricky Christmas schedule mm. which includes uh, January Chelsea the 1st yeah Chelsea it? twice yeah. In, in the matter of weeks we play Man United on the 1st of um, January uh, so it, we've got a really tough schedule when we hit Christmas so we need to be racking up points now because we need a buffer because we're gonna we will inevitably drop points mm. you know we're not going to pick up three points against Man United at home Man City at home Chelsea at home 
uh, Chelsea away. We will drop points eventually. I mean, I'd love us to pick up 12 points there, but I can't quite see it. So you need to have that buffer. And these games are the buffer games, if you like, because we've got Sheffield United away. I think we've got Crystal Palace at home. We've got Wolves at home. Um, I can't remember what some of the other games that we've got at home are, um, but they're all games that you'd expect Arsenal to be picking up points in. So for me, up until we get to the mid-November point, so, well, probably for the next month, we need to be racking up as many wins as possible. So if we're... Get being defeated tonight or we're picking up draws tonight and draws on Sunday then it's going to make the games in Christmas feel very very tight and Chris, difficult Chris another question I'll ask because you spoke about that measuring yard of success or the measuring stick for this team uh, I heard another debate actually on a, on another show on Love Sport and they said the thing is with Arsenal you know you know, Sky or any TV when Arsenal are on they're quick to put up that graphic against the big six it's like X amount of losses one win or one point and is that the next step that Arsenal needs to take because they do normally you know I don't want to say flat track bully but they beat the teams they should beat I know the Watford game always springs to mind this season which was an absolute horror show towards the end after going 2-0 up but is that the next step beating those teams the Chelsea's the Man United's the City's we need to get back in when we are in in more in contention in those games is that fair to say yeah, yeah I, I guess so I mean away from home particularly we've got a horrendous record away from home there are teams like Wolves who have picked up more points against these teams than we have but what I would say is for me if you take out the top six um I would actually be more than happy for us to be flat track bullies against every single one of the teams from seventh place down. Because if you're picking up, if you're winning most of those games, then you're ending up in the top four. The top four isn't determined. The league is determined by, you know, winning on a consistent basis. But top four is determined on how consistent you are, particularly against those teams. So even if, if there was some sort of football karma god that could come to me and say... You can have a draw home and away for every single one of the big six games, but you're going to win like 90, 95% of the, uh, the, the, the lesser oh, results. I'd say I'd take it all day long because I don't really, ultimately, well, apart I don't from care. The Spurs game. Well, do you know what? I'd even <laughs> take, I'd take two draws home and away if it means that we're going to smash all of the other teams because that means we'll hit, we'll hit top four. But I do like history. I do like records, Chris. And if we beat them the first game ever at their new place, that's something I kind of would want to hold on to. It would be a very nice thing to gloat because uh, I'm that petty yeah. and I am that stubborn. But no, we can talk about that a lot further. But next, we're talking about the Euro- Europa League, which does return on Thursday, just like the Premier League returns tonight and Arsenal play Sheffield United. Love sports. You are listening to the Arsenal Fan Show on Love Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I'm joined in the studio with Gunners Town, Chris Howard. We've been talking everything. We've covered a lot tonight. We've been talking social media, how can we protect players, how it spreads. We've been talking the return of the Premier League for Arsenal, which does happen tonight against Sheffield United. Now we're going to turn our attentions to the Europa League and Arsenal are at home against Vittoria this Thursday. And just quickly, you can get involved. What do you make of the team selection tonight? Are you worried? Are you nervous going into tonight's game? Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 70 20 558 it is the Europa League Chris I've got to admit and I enjoy the Europa League I enjoy any European competition obviously we'd like to be in the Champions League Europe's elite as they say the, the top dining table but I have enjoyed the Europa League because I thought it was a very good chance for us to win we did make the final last year I'll be honest not like I was a player, but I'm still a little bit hurting from that. And it's taken me just this little bit longer to invest this year. I know it's only been two games, but I'm still hurting from the fact we had a glorious chance to win last summer. That was an utter disgrace, mm. if I'm completely honest with you. I was 
so enraged by that performance in the final. It mm. was the biggest bottle job. After we'd been told that this guy knows how to win Europa League uh, finals, I genuinely have... And after not doing getting the top four in the Premier League, it's like, well, it's all right, we'll win the Europa League. Yeah, yeah. it was like it should be fated in the stars. And with Arsenal, when things look like that happen, it never works out, doesn't it? Um it, that was a limp performance. It was, I think that for many people actually turned many people, em, Unai Emery. You just took the words out of my mouth because I was going to say, I've heard a lot on, on social media about Unai and I'll, I'll admit, I'm quite shocked. I like Unai and the job he's doing, which feels almost diversive, uh, divisive, should I say, to say this because apparently a lot of people aren't his biggest fan or worried about his style, his identity, his philosophy that he's playing. But I do believe that game was kind of... That was where the demise started a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I've I've read, I've spoken to a lot of fans, I've listened to podcasts, and it does feel like that was a watershed moment because it was such a shocking performance. You know, I think if we'd have drew 1-1 with Chelsea and gone out on penalties, people would have probably have still pointed towards the collapse of our league campaign and said, well, he's not really succeeded there. But I feel like that they would have given him a little bit more of a leeway. It felt like lots of people turned on him there. Um, and I don't think that's necessarily right to judge a manager based on one particular game. But what I will say about this season is we haven't had the We've had a stuttering start, I would say. And what we're looking for is a little bit more cohesion in the team. You know, a lot of people said it's his first season. You need to give him a chance last season, which is fair enough. And we got to a Europa League final and we lost that, albeit terribly. We started off the summer and pre-season and people are thinking, oh, it looks all right. We don't look too bad. You know, Ozil was even in form and, you know, it looks like we've got a, a good team coming together mm. and then we've got made some good signings and everyone's getting excited. And the first Burnley game, you know, you know, result-wise, perfect. We played quite well at times. But it hasn't really evolved from there. And I'm not quite sure why. It, and what actually I do know why is decision-making as well as being questionable. You know, we thought to ourselves, why aren't you playing Torreira? Why aren't you playing Ozil? Okay, we've now found out that there are reasons behind that. You know, what w- what's the plan here? Like, it doesn't seem to... There are certain players, like when he does play Torreira, he plays him t- too further forward. So there's a lot of decisions that he's making which are leaving people scratching their heads. And I think that's turning people against him as well. Even if these are the right and the wrong decisions, again, just to offer the, the flip side of that, is this a problem not just at Arsenal now, every club where everyone wants the formation that they think works best or they suits or play the players that they think is the best formation for this Arsenal. This is our strongest eleven because now we, you know, it's been a show where we've spoke about social media and Twitter. That that voice is so vocal, Chris. Is it difficult because, you know, ultimately, I'm not saying, you know, well, we don't. We don't know more than Unai. He's at training every day. If this is the, the head-scratching decisions he's making, he believes this is the team. Whether me and you disagree, he believes this is the team that's best going forward. Yeah, I don't think... It, I don't think we can deny that that's clearly what he th- believes is the best. He's put mm. the best team out tonight to win the match. But I think we, we're we all just questioning the types of players that he's selecting and the positions that he's selecting. Um, is he the best person to pick the team all the time? Or is he the person that's picking the team? So we don't have a lot of choice on that. Is he making the right decisions all the time? I'm not sure he is. And I think he doesn't really know his best team now as well. Like, even if we had everyone fit... 
I still think we don't have a consistent eleven. And one thing you say about Sheffield United, so I was looking, I don't know too yeah. much about them, and I know we're meant to be talking about Victoria, but Sheffield United play the same team every single week. They know their style, they know what they're supposed to do. Each player knows about it. Per Mertesacker used to talk about those automatisms. We don't have that at Arsenal because we rotate so much. Players change so much that it's really, really difficult. Mm, yeah, it is true. Well, let's talk about that uh, Victoria game because I think we can get into the Unai Emery debate a little bit longer. People will think I'm a staunch Unai Emery fan. Is that what you were going to ask? <laughs> no, 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 I was going to say, please don't ask me about any of the Victoria players because I know absolutely nothing whatsoever. What did you think of the, the advancing midfielder on the weekend? I watched Victoria. No, I didn't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I, we could both we could talk about the game and the Europa League as a whole. I said I wasn't invested this year, Chris. Are you already straight away back on the train? This is another campaign, another year where we can win because you said it's been a in not an indifferent start to the season, you know, a bit stop-start. You mentioned the Burley game. It certainly hasn't been that way in the Europa League, though, has it? It's been it? fun. It's been unbelievable. I've been enjoying it. Really <laughs> the enjoying smiles it have come because, through. Yeah, because the, uh, the, the players that are, the young players that are being given a chance are succeeding and performing mm. well. So we can almost project. So as Arsenal fans, we're projecting um, the success of these players based on their performances, you know, age of 18, 19 against teams like Nottingham Forest or Vittoria or... Um, you know, the different teams that we've played in the in Frankfurt and um, in the uh, Standard Age yeah. in Frankfurt. We're projecting, you know, if they're playing like this now at 18, what are they going to be like at 21? We're going to have a, uh, a an entirely homegrown team by the time, you know, we get to 2022 or something like that. So you, you naturally project as a fan. Um, and to see them banging in goals, to see a bit more f- cohesive football it's been really enjoyable and this is why it's a bit baffling um, when we see these lineups that don't quite seem to make sense in the league I've kind of got a theory behind it which I think Unai Emery like Arsene Wenger has his favourites and mm. sticks have with his favourites have you run favorites. this theory past me because if we're this new partnership uh, yeah, no, so, uh, Holmes and Watson we're, we're, or, yeah, then you need to you know, I do apologise I'll email you first thing this morning first thing in the morning <laughs> okay. on Mondays from now on share uh, this theory please Chris but yeah I do I do feel like he's got his favourites I think Ganduzi is a favourite he's playing well so it's fair yeah. he's Jacker certainly a favourite I think yeah. Xhaka is a favourite um, and I think players like Chambers who are on the other side of that. I think he's playing Chambers because he's almost been forced into it by form but I think Chambers is going to be out of the team before you before we can even blink to be honest with you well Chambers played against Newcastle then we signed David Luiz he was straight back out of the team and then there was another game when he played and then straight away he was straight back out of the team and I just thought it's not a disrespect because you have to play your best eleven. If Chambers isn't part of that, he doesn't play. I, I completely understand that. But is there an element to that as well when you're just whipping the players out who aren't your so-called favourites, as you mentioned, that cannot necessarily damage morale? But what does it say for their confidence going forward when you know, because if we're sitting here talking about the manager as favourites, the players certainly know that also. Yeah, um, I think it does have an impact. I think that probably rings to my... Um, conspiracy theory about um, <laughs> about the uh, uh, the fact that he um, yeah there are certain players that he's 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 not as fond of um, and I'm not sure that the players really always get his methods so I don't know um, is Chambers a long term thing I think he, he pro- I'm hoping he'll even play on uh, on Thursday but I'm hoping he'll play in in central defence so yeah. I, I, I've i got a feeling that they'll play Holding and Chambers or Hol- what he'll do is he'll play Holding and maybe Mustafi and then he'll play um, maybe Bellerin and Tierney um, against Vitoria with Torreira uh, Ceballos uh, Ozil Lacazette up top 
Um, so actually, that could be quite a potentially strong team. I don't know who he'd play out wide because I don't think Saka will play today and then on Thursday. Um, I don't know if Reese Nelson's back fit either. So, Well, one of the reasons why I wanted the players to play today because I thought if they are playing in action on Thursday, less likely of them playing against Palace, your Bellerin, your Tierney, your Holdings, your Arsenal, all Arsenal fans, we can agree on that. We're all calling for those players at the minute. We mentioned how many games we've got. The games come thick and fast. I believe it's 10 or so in 20-odd in days. But when we are cruising in Europa League and we can play this so-called weaker side, even though it is still a strong team, if we qualify early, say four games in, the the fixtures aren't that congested because we're qualified and we can play a relatively even younger and weaker side in the, the five and six games which become ultimately dead rubbers, don't they, Chris? Yeah. that. Do you know what? That's what I think he did really well last season. Mm. Um, I think in games, what he did is he got the Europa League sewn up early so that then he could rotate out and really play quite a development youth team um, for games five and six. And that worked for us, I think. And that was during that Excuse me. That was that during that period of um, what was it, twelve, thirteen games yeah, unbeaten. Um, unbeaten. You know, we had some of those Europa League wins in there as well. So, I think he's going for the same thing. And oh, well, you, do you know what? We've picked up two wins already. We play home and away with Vittoria. If we beat them and then beat them on the sixth of November, then you've picked up your twelve, 12 points, points from four, and, and you don't really you can you can use the rest as the dead rubbers. So, you know, it, it would make sense to do a bit of rotation. Um, how we rotate, I think that's um, that's going to be interesting for Thursday. Yeah, well, uh, let's quickly turn our attentions back to tonight because it is Arsenal Sheffield United. The kickoff is a mere moments away. I know you're nervous about this one, Chris. <laughs> More than nervous than I was expecting because I do actually feel confident of a win. But what is your score prediction for tonight? My hope is that we win this two-one. I really hope it's. A, <laughs> I don't know why, but I, I think we're going to concede because it's Arsenal. Mm. Um, but my hope is that we've got Aubameyang on form tonight. So. Well, Chris's hope is that it's 2-1. Either way, he doesn't care if it's 1-0-2-1-3-2-4-3. He will take the three points, as we all will. But this has been the Arsenal Fan Show on Lost Sport Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. I was joined from Chris Howard from Gunnerstown. You can join the Arsenal Fan Show every Monday, 7-8. to 8, And next week, we will be reviewing those three games. Tonight's one against Sheffield United, the Europa League game on Thursday versus Victoria, and that huge game to Palace on the weekend. Thanks for downloading this podcast from Love Sport Radio. For more, go to lovesportradio.com for all the latest podcasts, news and views. Or for more, follow us at Love Sport Radio on Twitter.